Well, uh, later today um, at our 9.30 service, um, uh, Jackson will be baptised. And uh, in some uh, churches, uh, they have a tradition of uh, the baptised person uh, telling part of their story. So I thought the way that is culturally relevant in our church is to do um, what we called last year a chapel chat, but because our choir is overflowing with members and still has room for more if you are uh, feeling like you are being called by God to join them, um, that um, we needed to move our chapel chat into the church. So this is Church Chat with um, Jackson. So welcome, Jackson. Thank you. Thank you very much. You're not nervous at all, are you? Uh... <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> Uh, many people in our church would know Jackson as one of our interns, but often at this service particularly, uh, you'd find him at the back of the, the church making sure that all the technology works. Um, at the 9.30 service, you'll often see him uh, leading uh, the music. Uh, but I'd be um, interested to know, Jackson, what, what role has music played in your life and particularly in your faith journey? To me, music is the connection. It's the reason I found the faith tradition in the first place. Music has always been my ideal form of communication. I was never great at public speaking growing up and so I communicated either with a guitar in my hand or with a microphone in my hand or both sometimes. And um, it was the best way I spoke from my heart. Mm. And as I come to grow older, I was involved with a lot of worship teams throughout high school and through music, obviously, and um, it led me to Rabin Anglican and to the Anglican faith as a whole, and it's been, it's been the vessel to get me from one point to another in a lot of points in my life. Yeah. Um, music is, 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 is some, something, I guess, we, we've got in common. And, and just out of interest, um, your opinion, uh, can you have too many guitars? No. Very good. No. There's never, just wanted there's to check. Never just enough. wanted to check. Never just, enough. <laughs> just wanted to check. Uh, the, the music, I guess, uh, particularly in the last 18 months, has been something that, that I know I have valued more and hearing the voices of others uh, to sing. Um, um, Marianne and I were at a clergy conference um, the week before last and uh, one of the comments that one of the speakers made was that good worship is actually good pastoral care. That when we're worshipping together, where we're singing out with our voices, there's something about it that does something to us inside. Um, and, and I know uh, there have been many moments in my life where we're singing in a group of people or singing quietly um, uh, in private worship. I've felt that connection to God and that understanding of self. Um, have you ever had that sort of feeling of, I mean, there must be a difference between standing in a pub and playing a, um, a cover versus standing in front of a church and, and leading worship. How have you found that? Very much so, and it all comes down to, um, as you said, you know, emotion and connection. There's been times where I have, you know, obviously played in a pub and you do a cover of some random song from some random band and people will enjoy it and people will express their joy for that, but there's limited connection because people have different stories around the song, you know, who they're with that night and whatnot. But in a church, in worship, there is a connection between you, the people you're singing to, but then there's also a third party, that connection to God and the Holy Spirit, um, which makes it an entirely different experience because there is a everlasting connection there. Hmm. Um, and to have music as part of that, in that space, makes it entirely different. Yeah, awesome. 
He's not bad at public speaking, is he? No. I try my best. <laughs> <laughs> uh, some people might be somewhat surprised that, that uh, you aren't already baptised. I mean, you went to an Anglican school after all, um, and, and you're an intern in the church. But can you tell us why you've carefully and prayerfully and purposefully approached baptism in the way that you have? I think it honestly comes down to identity. Going, growing up in... Coming to age in an Anglican school um, prior to that, not going to an Anglican school and having a very interesting journey into becoming an adult, it was, I spent a lot of time finding my own sense of identity. Um, and for me, the baptism process is a lot about your identity within the faith and your coming to the faith and affirmation of your own faith. And so it's been one of those things, baptism has been, that I do not take lightly and um, understanding that today, um, especially, but this point in my journey will, or will be a strong part of my identity. And so it's been something that I've not taken lightly and really have considered. So Yeah. yeah. And I think all of us have, have, probably have a different experience um, of baptism. Um, I don't remember my baptism. I was a child. Um, um, but some of you, I'm sure, have been baptised um, as an, as an adult. I have a view that there is no wrong time to get baptised. Um, I've done a couple of emergency baptisms uh, for uh, newborns. Um, one of them was my youngest niece, um, which, was, which was quite um, both scary and exciting at the time, um, and, and she is fine uh, now and living, living her best life in Chile, uh, Toowoomba at the moment. Um, the, old, the oldest person I baptised was, was a lady in her 80s, um, who had grown up in a Christian family, um, but she was a middle child, and somehow her family forgot to get her baptised. Um, and so she'd been living with this stigma her whole life that she didn't quite belong. Um, and it was in relationship with somebody else in our church at the time, um, it was in my last church in Newcastle, um, that she shared uh, this story, and, and she said, oh, well, Stuart will baptise you, Stuart will baptise anyone, which, which is in part true. <laughs> um, but, um, but, but yeah, we had this nice little intimate gathering of her daughter and this friend from church, um, and we baptised her, and it was really, uh, as Jackson said, a sense of identity, that she had this sense that, she, that, that something wasn't quite right, and from that moment she was able to claim what wasn't absent from her life. She believed in God and had done for, uh, for probably her whole life um, and had made a commitment to follow Jesus. Um, but there was something that she needed to publicly proclaim, even though it was a very, public, very, very small service of four or five of us, uh, just, uh, just in that intimate moment, uh, that baptism reminds us uh, that we are God's chosen. So whether we've done that as a child or whether we've done that as an adult, um, a young adult as Jackson uh, is now or as an older adult uh, as in my story, um, or uh, if you like Emperor Constantine, wait until you're almost dead before you get baptised just in case you sin, um, that's probably not the, the way to approach baptism. But, but God's presence in our life and God's claim on our life and God's identity for us um, is something that we, we celebrate 
in baptism. It doesn't mean that Jackson has had no faith up until today. Um, and we, we, we had a really good chat before he started as, as an intern here, and it was obvious that he had a strong faith in Jesus. Uh, but today, as his church family, we're claiming that identity um, that has been present for many, many years, but claimed today and celebrated today and welcomed as um, a full member of our church, even though he's been a full member of our church for, for some time. And, and I, I know uh, part of Jackson's seriousness in this is that uh, this morning will be the first time he's received communion. Um, and, and I know that's, that will be special for him too. Something else that I think will be special for Jackson is that Mary Ann will do the baptising. Uh, Mary Ann was a school chaplain at Coomera Anglican College where Jackson was educated. Um, and I know um, that would be special both for Jackson and Marianne um, because they have been important people in each other's lives. Um, but, but I know, um, along with Marianne, there's been other people that have been important in your faith journey. Um, can you tell us um, how, how that has come apart and what, what impact do, does your relationship with others have on your faith journey? I, um, it's super important. And I, to have Marianne baptise me... Um, uh, a little bit later um, is the most important thing to me and having growing up in high school and having Marianne there as someone who I could always talk to and always be guided by not necessarily in a direction I thought I needed to go in at that time but definitely one that I needed to um, and like Marianne there have been many people throughout my journey who have steered me in a direction that I did not think I needed but you know in hindsight very much needed <laughs> and to have those people guiding teaching helping us understand the world we live in and the world beyond ours um, is the most pivotal thing mm. for me Marianne like so many others has helped me establish a connection to faith in my own life and has helped paint the picture that I'd already had I just couldn't tell what the image was um, and having those people in your life is so monumental. And if I have the chance to reciprocate that in my later years, then for me, that's, that's the top of my mountain that I will reach. So, yeah. yeah, and I think for, for me, baptism is that public recognition that, that we're not called to do life alone, that the Christian faith is not a solitary life. It is a community life. And that it's one that uh, calls us to be not only aware of one another, but to be in relationship one, with one another. And that we can't be our very best selves when we don't have others around us. And, and so part of the Christian community is discovering what's best about one another. And like I've heard uh, in Jackson's story, it's been people around him who've been able to encourage him that God is working through him. Because sometimes we can't see it ourselves. We need others to help to show us what God is doing in our lives. As I said, um, baptism isn't the beginning for Jackson of his faith journey. But do you think you'll approach life any different after today? I think... It's a, for me, it's an affirmation of identity within myself, within this community and within God and, and everything that surrounds. Um, 
And for me, it is, it's like getting the booster of, your, of, a, <laughs> of, a, of a vaccine. Um, it's, the, it's the affirmation of that and the knowing that you have that. Um, will a lot change? I don't believe so. I think I will still live um, in a holy way in the best way I physically can for myself and for those around me. Um, but today is still a monumental day to understand that identity and yeah. the, this next step in, in the journey. Yeah. And look, I, I do know people who've had um, radical experiences at their baptism, so that, it, it, it might not um, be as you expect. Um, but, um, but again, baptism in, in the church we call a sacrament, an outward side of what's going on inside. Um, and, and I actually believe that our whole life should be sacramental. Yes, we have the sacrament of baptism, we have the sacrament of Holy Communion that we'll all share in. But shouldn't our whole life be an outward side of what's going on inside? And, and I know I've got every confidence because I've already seen it in the life of our church that Jackson is an outward sign of what's going on inside. And he's already reached, reaching that mountain because he's already an example um, of God's love to others that I'm seeing and witnessing in the life of our church. The interesting thing is that this is the first church that Jackson's ever belonged to. Um, and um, in this crazy time of disconnection, what has it meant to you to be connected to your church? Well, I think all around the world, um, we've seen a whole lot of disconnection. We are truly blessed to have the technology to still be in touch with family and friends who are a little bit further away than we can, than we can access at the moment. Um, but despite that, there has been a lot of disconnection. I know my family, being from New Zealand, we have a lot of family who are still over there and I, we can't see them and we don't know how long we can and I'm sure there are many other people in our community who are family too far to reach at the moment. Um, but despite that, we have a church community, and this is something that, as you said, I found rather recently um, in, in my lifespan. But it, to be able to still maintain that connection um, with others, despite this crazy world that we are in, has been at the core the most important thing, is connection with others and using those connections to maintain and reach and establish a, a stronger connection with God and um, yeah it's it's been the most important thing I would say mm. well thank you Jackson thank for you. going under the grill um, we'll, we'll wash you down a bit later uh, but, um, but I do hope um, Jackson's story might encourage you in yours uh, that as we focus on baptism today um, um, that you might be reminded of God's calling to you. And as Jackson has reflected the importance of relationship and church community in his life, uh, you might be challenged by the role that church and community and relationship plays in yours. Um, thank you for being Jackson's church family. Uh, thank you for your example and witness to him and as he grows in his faith and example I have no doubt uh, that uh, you will find in him a powerful example of what God is doing in our world. Amen. Amen. So let us pray for our world and our church.